Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Evergreen runs on all our products all the time, but we will do a live promotion or a live launch once a year. So for the main product, 10K Readers, we do an affiliate launch once every year. And there's a reason we do it once a year. It's because it's exhausting. <laughs> and it, it just, it makes you want to just go to bed for a week. <laughs> You're listening to a conversation that I had recently with Nick Stevenson from your first 10kreaders.com, who's also a former guest here on the show back in episode 162, which was back in May of 2015. When he came on for the first time, he talked about his very first product launch, which was over $130,000. The fun story about Nick was that he was actually sitting in the audience on a webinar that I produced and co-host that he then bought a course related to building an online course, and that was run through David Sleitman Garland. He became a major success story, and simultaneously, he emailed both myself and David thanking us about just how crazy his launch went and how unbelievable it was. And now, nearly four years later, I guess three and a half years later, he's back on the show to tell us not just what he's been up to and what's been happening recently, but exactly how he puts it all together. He now has evergreen launches on top of live launches, on top of multiple products and multiple contents and a lot of systems going on. And what's really nice is Nick really breaks down the process for us of how he's able to manage all these things that are happening all at the same time and honestly, I remember when I had this conversation uh, not too long ago before recording this intro, I was like, wow, you make it sound so simple. And the funny thing about entrepreneurship is that we often try to overcomplicate things. And I think it is those who simplify processes that are successful. And Nick is definitely one of those people. So you've got to make sure you stick around. And I, I almost feel like this episode could be potentially broken up into two sessions because I do spend a little bit of time at the end also speaking to those of you who are interested in writing books and selling books because that is Nick's expertise. He actually helps authors get more readers. And so he actually breaks down a very specific strategy about how anybody starting from scratch can get their first readers for books that they publish on Amazon. And it's a very smart tactic that I had never even considered before that he reveals and just gives away today. So you got to make sure you stick around all the way into the end. This is an amazing show and uh, I'm just looking forward to serving you here. So make sure you stick around. Let's get to the intro music. 
Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. He's got good days and bad days, but he's thankful for every day. Pat Flynn. What is up, Team Flynn? Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And by the way, if you haven't joined Team Flynn yet and become a part of the community, all you have to do is hit subscribe, and these podcasts head your way every single Wednesday. We dive deep into an entrepreneur's story, or I give you a lot of tips to help you scale and grow your business and do it in a safe way that also saves you time. So make sure you hit subscribe to the show if you haven't already. This is session 358 with Nick Stevenson. He's gonna be revealing a ton of amazing strategies to help us organize And um, this is really relevant for anybody because even if you're just starting out, you likely in the future are gonna be either releasing your first product or your first book. You're gonna wanna learn how to make it evergreen so that you can get some more time back, but do it in a way that's authentic, but also smart. And um, like Nick was saying earlier, potentially getting other people to help support the launch of these things, which is a very tiresome process, but we dive into that a little bit as well. So without further ado, here is Nick Stevenson, from yourfirst10kreaders.com and also SPI episode 162 way back in May 2015. Here he is now. Mr. Nick Stevenson, thank you so much for being back on the SPI podcast. It's been three, almost four years since you've been last on the show. It's really, really good to, to see you back on. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. It's been a wild few years, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been very cool. Thank you. Wild in a good way or wild in a bad way? In a, oh, in a good way. In, in a, a good, good way. way. Okay, that's good. Well, we'll... Well, let's actually dive into that. You know, the last time you were on the show was May 20th, 2015 in episode 162. And we'll, uh, you know, we're 200 episodes later now. And that episode was titled A First Timer's $130,208 Product Launch. You have a business called YourFirst10KReaders.com. And that was about your first launch, which just for everybody who doesn't know or may not remember that, can you give us a quick couple minute rundown of how you got started and what you do, and also what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy time uh, because I'd been um, been working the usual sort of corporate jobs uh, for a while after finishing university, uh, which is one of the fun things about graduating, like on the recession. It was super <laughs> fun. It was so much fun. Um, so I, uh, this was around the time that a lot of authors started uh, experimenting with Kindle. Uh, which everyone is familiar with these days, uh, but sort of back in 2010, 2011 was when it started kind of kicking off for a lot of people. And uh, these are all, these are authors who um, they're called uh, referred to as mid list authors. So they're they're not like the super mega bestsellers. They're the you know the the career authors who are putting out several books a year and kind of going around to bookstores and signings and everything and trying to keep things going. Mm-hmm. And um, they were experimenting with Kindle and self-publishing and finding that they were able to make much more of a uh, an impact and build a stronger career through self-publishing. And that was something that I always kind of wanted to do. But, you know, they don't. It's, being an author isn't really a career option at school, is it? It's not, you know, sit down with the career counselor and map out like the roads to to authorship right. so you kind of have to experiment a little bit so i kind of you know i knew i always enjoyed writing but never had a, a way of putting it into a career and then i started writing books um thrillers fiction books to start with and um, i was enjoying the process i was putting books out self-publishing and i was sharing my journey um on a on an old blog um that i, that I set up 
and people were really engaging with it. You know, they were following along, they were getting excited about all these things I was discovering. Um, and then after a few years, you know, I was I was able to um, quit my job and write full time. And um, shortly after that, you know, people were saying, you know, how did you do this? How did you get, you know, your audience growth? How did you sustain sales and all this kind of stuff? And uh, I figured, well, the easiest way to do it, uh, instead of, you know, saying the same thing to everyone who emails in, is uh, to put up some content, you know, create a course, which was what I did back in 2000, end of 2014, Mm -hmm. launched it in 2015. And um, it had such a a staggering impact. I mean, that that six-figure launch was something that I never really dreamed of. Um, so it kind of floored me a little bit, but it just shows, you know, how eager people were for for the content uh, and to learn about it. And um, that's what I've been focusing on since then is really just kind of making that, uh, the education side, the nonfiction side, the courses into something that helps a lot of people over the uh, around the world and um, built it into a, a sustainable business over the last few years. So that's been really, really cool. That's amazing. Is it purely fiction or not, or, or that you're helping people with? It's, it's a mix. I mean, it's, um, it's teaching people principles and strategies rather than, you know, if you're a you know, science fiction author, you have to do something different to a fantasy author yeah. versus like a, a nonfiction author or how-to kind of, kind of author. It's teaching people, you know, marketing principles, how they apply to selling books and how they might apply to audience growth and things like that. So it's targeted very much at authors, but no specific genres really. So it's kind of everybody. Right. And, and I love that. And being an author myself, I know I have a huge advantage having an audience and a podcast and stuff. So most authors likely are only focused on the writing part and need that help or yes, the marketing part, which is, which is huge. where you come in. And I encourage everybody to listen to episode 162 because Nick, goes a little bit deeper into that origin story of his first product launch. He actually tells you the tools and the platforms that he uses. And actually, you got inspired to create this course through a webinar that you were sitting in that I and uh, that I co-hosted with David Simon Garland. Because I, I remember- That was it. That, yes. That was it. And, and we tell that story all the time. David and I team up every year to, to get more people to learn about how to create their courses. And we always tell that story because you sent us both an email right around the same time about how like just blown away you were and- it just makes us feel special that we had uh, some sort of role in that. But obviously you took action and you're crushing it. And I'd love to get a sense of, and this was funny because when I started my business too, I had a six figure business, uh, you know, rather quickly in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of people going, well, how long do you think this is going to last for you? Is this just a flash in the pan? Like, wh- yeah. wh- how are you going to sustain this? How have you been able to sustain since that first amazing launch and how have you been able to sustain and continue this business and keep it growing for such a long period of time? I think the main thing is is just really, really focusing on the long-term stuff. And this is kind of goes back to when I was a you know, full-time author as well. You know, books was my only income at the time. And mm-hmm. I remember I would, you know, I'd come down the stairs in the morning and I'd, I'd go on the computer and I'd, I'd be checking my sales stats would be like the first thing. And <laughs> it's like there's this existential horror of the uh, the feeling that before you check your stats that somehow you know it's all vanished it's all right. gone it's dried up never to be seen again and it was it was kind of this this um continual feeling of dread that it was going to kind of dry up at any moment and then i kind of decided well i need to build a business that doesn't feel like that you know something that you can rely on that you can grow and is sustainable over time and it was really just really forcing myself to focus on that Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, a case of, for me, it was building up monthly recurring revenue 
was the priority. Um, building up a kind of a system of creating traffic and then getting them to sign up to an email list and then putting them through um, different funnels and different email sequences depending on what they were interested in. So that um, whether we're talking about you know book sales or course sales or we have software company now as well, um, looking at what are people interested in, where are we sending them, and how are these uh, how are these sales coming through each day and each week and each month, and looking at ways of optimizing everything um, for the long term. So, you know, a lot of a lot of people who you know launch courses, they'll have a you know they'll put everything into their first launch. They may do well, they may not do well, but after that, it's kind of like, what do I do next? Right. And I remember feeling this, you know, after after we sat down last time, all those years ago. And um, it was very much like um, a very it's a strange feeling when you are in a position where you've done something that not many people have done, and certainly no one in your like immediate family or friends group you can't really talk to them about it, mm-hmm. can you? It's not, you can't sit down and go, "Hey, what do I do for my you know, next course launch? Do you have any <laughs> tips, Dad?" You know, they have they have no clue. And most people online, you know, you go to forums or you you ask around on on social on social media or whatever. Um, they're at a different stage. You know, they might be creating a course or getting ready for their first launch, or they may not be in that space at all. So it was very difficult at first to try and figure out. You know, I've done this big launch, but is that it? You know, is that what do I do next? Um, it was it was very unclear. So I, I think a lot of a lot of the the help I had from people like David Simon Garland and you know resources like yours and and other resources out there, where people are breaking down what does happen next is incredibly useful. So I was really focused on you know making sure that any any income I was getting was was recurring, was repeatable, and was sustainable. So that's that's kind of the general focus that I had. Um, and it seems, seems to be working well. That's fantastic. What was step two for you after that launch? Was it, was that launch for a recurring model or what, what were, what were those next steps for you? Well, it was, um, the first launch had a, had a payment plan. Um, I think it was a three month payment plan or people could pay in full for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course then by month four, you know, all the, all the income's gone. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, what do I do next? So, I, I knew that I kind of wanted to move into uh, a sort of an evergreen model uh, as quickly as I could, which means, you know, people are seeing um, an, an opt-in uh, or a video series or a PDF or something, and they can sign up to get more information and they can go through um, some free training and get some blog articles and go through, you know, a sequence of emails to get to know me, to understand what I teach and to try out some things for themselves. Um, and then at the right time, they, they move into like a sales, uh, sales sequence, uh, which will then sell them the course that they're interested in over a defined period. So it's like having a, it's like having a live launch, but you are kind of running it, um, all the time based on when people are coming in. So, um, we mix that up with live stuff as well that we do. Um, so we try to, um, have a, have a variety of kind of different models going on at the same time and test and see which ones work the best. But, uh, really that was it for us was like, I decided like we've had this big launch, but then all the revenue is going to go, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So let's look at, you know, let's, uh, we installed a 12 month payment plan, which people really liked because then it splits the cost. And then for us, we've got that reliable monthly income coming in. Mm-hmm. And then we set up all of our, uh, our fun evergreen systems, which were horribly complicated back then. 
horribly, horribly complicated back then um, and are slightly less complicated now. Right. And, um, really, then it's just it becomes a job of, well, my, my, my role as the, the CEO of this company is to um, develop new products and generate traffic. So it became like a very simple job description. So I know a lot of people have um, you have products online. It's kind of like a, you know, like a try everything model. You know, so they'll have, you know, they'll be doing Twitter and Facebook and they'll be running ads and doing blogs and doing podcasts and doing a, a dozen different things, but not entirely sure if anything's working or what's working, but they know they have to do something. So they kind of try a bit of everything and see what works. Um, but for me, I wanted, wanted to get that position where I knew that, you know, my role is very, very simple. We've got these systems set up. So my only job really is to generate traffic and then develop new products. So okay. that really helped kind of narrow down the focus because it can get very overwhelming if you're not careful. It, it definitely can. And I love how you've just kept it simple. And then any sort of actions that you take are relevant to new products, new traffic, mm. and, and you just kept it simple like that, which is great. I, lo- I also love that the idea of like recurring for you, which when I talk about recurring often, the thought is, okay, well, how can I create a monthly membership program of some mm. kind, which is completely different than, for example, what you offer, which is, you know, a course with a very specific outcome. Like literally the title of your website is your first 10 K readers. I mean, that's very clear. You can't get any more clear <laughs> than that, which is often the trouble with people who are creating solutions online. But to go evergreen, you just decided to, you know, we're going to create these payment plans and we're going to be predictable with our income based on mm-hmm. what sounds like the traffic that's coming in and how much people are paying every month. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, your funnels. I want to talk about that really quick. Can you give us an idea of like perhaps one of those funnels, one of those entry points and walk me through what my experience might be like? And yeah, sure. Perhaps yeah, yeah. others um, can sign up to even experience this. So uh, the the homepage we've got at um, yourfirst10kreaders.com is um, promoting a video series. Um, and this is you know something people have seen before. They're familiar with it. Three-part video series. And people can sign up for it. Um, and then they're kind of delivered these videos over about a week, about a week long. So three videos delivered over a week. Um, and in between the videos, you know, there's some blog content goes out and asking them questions and people reply in. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that week, um, they get moved into uh, a separate funnel, which is um, aimed at selling the course. So we give them, you know, preview material, we give them testimonials, and it's more of a uh, more of a sales call to action rather than uh, the the purely educational stuff that we've been sending. Right. And um, that's kind of timed. There's a piece of software called uh, Deadline Funnel, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that tracks people as they enter your funnel. So it puts a little cookie on their browser and it recognizes their email address so that when you send them links to a sales page, you can close it down after a certain period of time if you want to. So we found that, you know, when people go through like a sales sequence, if it's kind of open-ended and there's no deadline or anything like that, then people tend not to take action, as I'm sure you've seen as well. Yes, um, And this, this, this piece of software just means that, you know, we, we can say to people, you know, you sign up for this video series, we're going to give you a week of free videos, and then we're going to tell you about the course, which will be open for the second week. And then at the end of that, it's going to be closed. And it's, and it's actually closed for them. Like they cannot get access closed. to it anymore. No. So they're, they're being tracked by, you know, um, cookie and we know their email address and everything. And if they try to go onto the sales page after the deadline, it's closed off for them. I think like the, they probably could manage it if they really tried. 
<laughs> right, like, I'm not going to stop you. I'm go to the library you. and try to yeah. go through the same process. With you. If you try to do that, I mean, it might work for them, but generally people can't can't access it. And that's kind of the way we wanted it. Because we found that when you give people, and I know this from personal experience because people have emailed in and said, hey, you know, I missed the deadline. Um, I'll send them a link knowing full well they, they won't buy it mm-hmm. because, you know, they didn't act before the deadline. So they're not going to act now. I send them the link anyway, and usually nothing happens. Um, so we knew that we had to build some kind of deadline into it. Um, and we don't do that for all products, but you know, for, for that particular course, we found that having a deadline really, really works to help motivate people and get the right people in who are going to take action and do the work. So we found that to be very, very useful. And it's all kind of tracked automatically in our email system. And we've got this deadline tracking software as well. So that was the first funnel we set up. And then from there on, it was really adding more funnels um, and keeping it a real, keeping the focus really on on educating. So even the sales part of it isn't really salesy. It's just more content, but then with a a call to action at the bottom. So it's really prioritizing people learning something rather than being too salesy about it. But we're just adding more of these sequences and and funnels on over the last few years to include things like webinars, Mm-hmm. Um, article series, blog, some of them, you know, half of them don't have a sales sequence attached to them. It's just content that we send out to keep people motivated and give them something interesting that they can apply to their business. So we really wanted to set up like, you know, about six months worth of content for people when they join our list. Uh, we look at what kind of actions they're taking when we send them emails and depending on what actions they take, we send them through different content sequences. Um, and that's all handled automatically uh, by the, by our email system. And that's been really, really cool because then you're not, you're not caught on that content treadmill so much of having to get a new blog post out every week or every day mm-hmm. or writing new emails every day, you know, cause you've got that, uh, you've got that pre-written stuff that's going out to new people all the time. So that's been really, really cool. If I'm in this funnel, I see your videos, I get pitched the course, but I don't take action, the deadline passes, I'm unable to get it, do you try to re-engage me to get it again in the future, or is it basically just, you know, tried once and, you know, sorry? Uh, we, we wait, uh, we usually wait about three or four months before mentioning it again. Okay, um, and how do you mention yeah. it to me? Is it automated to wait three months before going through the same cycle, or how does that work? Well, with, with that particular course, if uh, if someone doesn't buy the first time around, and that's usually how they join our list is through that funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that, that they've been, you know, pitched that product already. They didn't buy it. Um, so we send them through some some content-focused sequences, like send them to the blog, send them different articles, send them podcast recordings, other mm-hmm. videos, and then we will send them to a, a, a different product altogether. Okay. And then after that one, we send them through some more content as well, and then it's a different product and then more content, and then it might be the same product again, uh, the 10K Readers course uh, for a second time, but it might be in a different format. So we gave you the videos last time. This time, we're going to give you the webinar. Um, so you can choose to you can choose to go watch the webinar, and if you choose not to go watch it, then we won't pitch it to you again um, until much later on down the line. Maybe if we do a live launch once a year, you'll hear about it then. So it's really just avoiding kind of overselling the same thing again and again and again because you know that's that's not going to end well for anybody <laughs> so we try to mix it up and have a, a mix of products that we offer and just content focused stuff and try to keep people engaged and with a variety of different stuff that's going out to them thank you for that now you'd mentioned your blog and i'm here at your first 10kreaders.com i don't see a way to get to your blog you have literally it looks like a landing page for 
your free training with a video I can click on and you show me what the free training is all about and it's how to find your first 10,000 readers, exact system I use to grow my business from zero to a million in 24 months, used by thousands of my students worldwide. I can click on that, get a video, but there's no blog here. This is a this is kind of an untraditional sort of homepage, if you will. Mm-hmm. Can you talk me through why you've positioned it in this way? Well, we set up the blog separately. So that's uh, that's blog.yourfirst10kreaders.com. And um, I toyed with the idea of having the blog on the homepage, um, the one you're looking at. Yep. But then we thought, well, the reason we're sending people here is to get them into the video series. Because, um, you know, we're sending people to this page, whether it's via ads or um, from a blog article or some other call to action. You know? So we want people to sign up. So we didn't put the blog link on there because we wanted people to focus on the video training. Uh, but over at the blog, um, that's the that's the site that gets the Google traffic. So if you're typing in, if you're typing in, you know, questions about author marketing, you know, ours will pop up and it'll be the blog. And then from the blog, we're sending people to that uh, that landing page um, or different landing pages. Um, so it depends what what we're doing with the with the traffic, really. So if we have control over where the traffic goes, generally we'll send them to a landing page. Uh, but uh, having content out in the world is all hosted on on the blog, which is is separate. Got it. But it's Whether the same not, brand, though. It's the same. Yes, yeah, the same brand. Whether or not that's the best way of doing it. I don't know. I don't have the data on it, but it's uh, it's worked well for us to keep it keep it relatively separate. And then our uh, the 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 main course site then is is relatively easy to manage. And then the blog is a kind of a separate thing um, that we can manage separately in a different way. So it just it, it helped us from a uh, organization standpoint, and we just never really blended them together. We didn't have any compelling reason to do it at the time. So. That's really great. And the final question about kind of this process here as I'm thinking about this is it's very clear that on your home, your your first 10kreaders.com, I can get the free training to find your first 10,000 readers. But isn't that not the same thing as your product that you teach? How do you delineate between what it is that you offer for free in your video training versus and how to upgrade people into the paid course? Well, we, we mentioned it like the first thing. It's like one of the first things we say is, you know, I'm going to send you some free video training um, and then I'm going to tell you about our premium training. And it's all under the heading of your first 10,000 readers. And we tell people when they sign up, hey, you know, uh, we're going to be in about a week. We're going to tell you about the the premium course. Uh, but for now, we want to make sure that, you, you know, understand the principles. And if this matches with what you're looking to do, then you might be interested in, in the premium side. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we we make it super obvious what's happening at every step of the way try to be as transparent as we can so there's no like surprise we're selling something right, right. After, after a week or so so um we haven't had anyone get confused yet thankfully which is good um but we we just try to make it as clear as possible what's happening i think you've positioned that very well the videos are about the principles making sure this is something they want to do probably i'm assuming sharing what can happen if you were to have your first ten thousand readers and what you can do with that to get people fired up so that they would then want the training. And I love that you're just being completely upfront about that and sandwich, mm-hmm. sandwiching that with really valuable content, I'm sure, that then would get people excited and you know probably drill to get that information yeah, to, to I mean, get the, there. The, the way we've done it is we've said, you know, in the free video training, we're going to tell you everything. You know, I'm going I'm to tell you everything you need to do. In the premium training, the, the course that you, that you pay for, we're going to show you how to do it. 
So all the, you know, all the, all the detailed steps, do this and then do that. And you can see a screen share and I'll, I'll, I'll show you exactly what to do. Cause I think it depends what, what level people are at mm-hmm. because it, it can come and watch the video. And I may say something like, you know, you need to focus on, um, building an email list and here's the top three ways that I think are the best ways of doing it. And I'll tell them these are the top three ways, but they might not know how to go and set that up for themselves. Or they might not understand how it works. And that's what the premium training is for, is to is to show them, okay, I've given you the principles, but now I'm going to show you how to do it. So even if they don't buy the course, my goal was to always give them the information that they needed to make it work regardless. Mm-hmm. That's very clear. I, I think that's – you're probably the person who's ever said it the most clear on the show <laughs> uh, in terms of like how to delineate that, which is just great. I'm, the, the last thing here, I, for example, hear about this course from a friend or whoever – and I go to this page and I go, uh, okay, I, I just want the course. Like I, I don't need the video training. I know I need to do this already. Um, is there a way or do you allow for people to just jump over the hoop here and, and get the course directly or are they forced to go through this? Uh, generally, I like them to go through the training because um, I've had it in the past where people have come to me and said, hey, you know, I've, I've heard about x y and uh, i've heard about this course and x y and z i want to just buy it i don't want to go i don't want to see the videos um usually i'll i'll you know i'll get them to go through the videos because i want them to be sure that it's what they're looking for 